you're listening to the We Speak Common Podcast Network. For more information and to support the show, head to wespeakcommon.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the D&D podcast for everyone, because here we speak common. Brought to you in partnership with The Dice Dungeon and Describe. The Dice Dungeon's your one-stop shop for all things D&D, from premium dice sets to rolling trays and adventures. And you can use the code WESPEAKCOMMON to get 10% off your order at The Dice Dungeon right now. Or, if you're looking for finely crafted box text to improve your player's immersion, a load of beautiful maps to use in VTTs, or maybe even music and background ambient sounds to run in your game, head over to describe.com, spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B. You can get 10% off your subscription with the code COMMON at checkout. This week on Table Fables, I'm joined by James to talk about having a main character in your Dungeons & Dragons party. Welcome to We Speak COMMON. Hello, James. Hello, Ben. I, I, I never know what to say. I never know because when we're recording, that that bit comes directly after the intro, and so I've done the bit that's like intro, and then I'm like, mm, now I've got to be natural, and it I just mean, feels weird. So, am, hi, uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. It, it is. I see what you're saying. It is a bit of a bit of a transition. I think yeah. the, the thing that gets me, and I, and I don't know if you cut this out. It always starts with a. What do you mean? <laughs> you kind of do like this, like, and then and then and then you're off again. <laughs> oh, what between the the intro and the, the other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because I okay. If we're peeking behind the curtain of the podcast. Hello, welcome to this episode. Um, when I <laughs> when we're recording, there's a whole load of dead air on the front of the episode files because we like hit record and then we chat and then we go. Okay, let's let's start the episode. Um, and I there's always a bit of silence where you just hear me go. <laughs> to like get my breathing normal yeah <laughs> and then oh. i do the intro so there's always weird sounds that hopefully you've, no one else has noticed ever now done to that thing to me where i'm now thinking about my breathing you've turned me into manual mode uh i've put you on manual mode and, yeah. and sorry to everyone else who is now also on manual mode do you know what that makes me think of and it's really annoyed me go on that makes me think of the game which means we've now both lost it oh you yeah. Son of a gun. Now here's the thing, right? <laughs> How many of our listeners are going to be too young to know what, what the game is? Sure. I mean, surely the game is still a thing, right? Mm-mm. They're just playing it so well they don't even know they're playing it. They're, <laughs> don't. No, no, because you can only be bought into the game when you're first told about the game. So if you're now mm. learning about the game for the first time, go and Google it. Well done. You're part of the game now and you can never stop playing until you die. Anyway, um, how are you? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Um, yeah, you weren't you very know. well last week. You were in the tavern and you were like drinking all that alcohol to try and heal well, yourself. Well, I, I was on the hot chocolates as mm. opposed to that. There, there might have been a little something snuck in there. Yeah, that's what um, I thought. But yeah, no, I, I got a very nasty, uh, nasty fluey type thing whilst away in New York. But now I'm, uh, I, I'm back again. I, I might cough occasionally. <laughs> Sorry, just casually dropping that you went yeah. to New York there. Um, all right, fine, James. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think about it. I might cough once or twice. I've, I think I've got all the coughs out, but we'll see. Yeah, one one will sneak in somewhere. I know it will. Um, how am I? I'm good. I'm cold. Uh, it's snowing in Manchester. It's freezing. Um, <sighs> but I did snow in here yet. Oh, I took some very nice photos in the snow today, so I'm happy with that. So um, yeah, that's how I am. And we, we still haven't played D&D this year. Oh, that's a lie. I played D&D. I've played some D&D, James. You what? I know, I know it wasn't with you. I'm sorry. It was a very impromptu, um, unexpected jump into Dave's game. Ah, right. And I think I've accidentally joined the campaign, which is not good because I do not have time for that. No. Um, I was coming home from climbing and was messaging. I mean, I'm, for some reason, I'm in his D&D server, uh, even though I wasn't in the game. And they were like, yeah, come join. And I was like, I don't have a character. And Dave was like, I've just made you one. I was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> Classic I've, Dave, that is. I, I've got to get home and like cook. Yeah, it's fine. You've got time. You're not even in the starting scene. You can join another. Oh, I, I, I got to have a shower too. Yeah, no, it's fine. Just jump in whenever. I was like, yay. Um, and now I'm a hobgoblin fighter in Eberron. Oh, interesting. So my goal is to 
die as soon as possible <laughs> <laughs> so you can leave the campaign yeah i was like i was like dave i'll just i'll just like cameo i'll just come in as a as a one-off when you need to like have something fun going on he's like nah just just join i was like okay <laughs> okay no um, i i i haven't been able to play for ages ben and and it feels bad man are we not playing your campaign this week yeah, I mean, we we should be what day saturday Okay, good. Let's then let's let's make sure everyone in the party knows and let's make it happen. Yeah, because I'm I'm getting the shakes, Ben. I know, I know, <laughs> mate. I'm on like month three of not not running anything. How do you think I feel? Oh, I'm well, nearly I'm out. I'm I'm, I'm nearly done with my rehabilitation. Oh, I'm, I'm the same. It's just you know just sat there thinking, oh, I wish I did D tonight, and that's mm. happened every Tuesday and Saturday. Oh. <laughs> Well, the next TOA session will be good and it'll be in person, so that's important. We need to figure some stuff out because I, since we've played even your game of D&D, not just mine, uh, Wesley uh, now lives with me. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's moved in and I'm, I'm looking over to my right at his computer and his desk where he would, I assume, sit to play Dungeons and Dragons. And all I'm thinking is... I don't want to keep muting and unmuting all the way through our sessions. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I can think. We haven't, I mean, really, we haven't really planned this out. Uh, yeah, we, we've done it before, where like I think me and Wes were, were up in Manchester on a trip and we, and we played anyway, and you just kind of had a mic out, and it, and it worked. Yeah, we'll find a way. We'll find yeah. a way. Um, but yeah, so that's me. That's us. That's how things are. Um, our topic today, our thing that we're talking about, is... Where do I start with this? I feel like it's potentially controversial, right? And I sent you the text yesterday and I was like, here's what I want to talk about. And you were like, yeah, cool, good. And then I went downstairs to Wesley and Grace. This is good. This is what's nice about having roommates who also play D&D is I can just sense check every single topic now. They're going to love it. Um, <laughs> and I said, if I said to you that in D&D, uh, in a party, one player should be the main character, how would you feel? And both of them, annoyingly, being people who play D&D &D with us and therefore, you know, know what good D&D &D is. <laughs> wow. That was really easy. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, they're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a half joke. Everyone thinks they know what good D&D &D is. Anyway, in my opinion, well, what I'm trying to say is because they've played with us, they're going to feel the same way I think we feel about this. They went, yeah, if it, you know, if the limelight moves around, I was like, that's not the answer I was looking for. I was hoping you were like, no, D&D should never have a main character. That's so controversial because I want the clickbait. Um, so I don't know whether, I think half of people are going to hear me say there should be a main character and they'll go, yeah, of course, every now and then it should move around. Or they'll go, what the fuck? No, it's a group activity. What are you talking about? And they'll get really angry and hopefully they'll listen and then realise I'm not a dick. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, maybe only a little bit. So we're talking about having a main character in a game that's all about working as a group and sharing the centre stage. Yeah. Sounds a bit counterintuitive. But, nah. Um, let's get into it. Let's get to it. Because we both do this as a DM. We yeah. both make sure that players have their time in the limelight, as it were, as a main character. Um, and I think we do it in different ways. So I'd be interested to, to talk through your thinkings with this, but um, when I say main character you in D&D, &D, what do you think? Um, I think sort of like a character who like the, the current story arc, however long or short um, might, sort of have a greater focus on them mm. and their character's journey. Um, you know, that's, that's sort of my thinking around that. Yeah, I like that. I think the reason, because Wes said to me, yeah, I think a better phrase would be limelight. And I was like, yeah. mm, that's not quite what I'm going for. I see that doesn't quite hit it. Because for me, I feel like we say, oh, all of the characters should share the limelight. And we mean every session. Like, Every, every time you play D&D, &D, everyone should get their chance to shine. Yeah. Would but you? when I say main character, I'm talking like a story arc. I'm talking multiple sessions. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know, even, even if it isn't multiple sessions, you know, there, there, there should be chance. You know, that idea of sharing the limelight, 
Um, you know, there should be times when each player gets to just have the limelight to themselves. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you know, that doesn't mean the other players aren't there or having a bad time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I just think it's it feels. Um, I was going to say counterintuitive. That's not the right phrase. I think it feels like it goes against the kind of standard D and D ethos of a group activity. If I say Ben, James, and Wesley are playing Dungeons and Dragons, but for the next six sessions, James is the main character. He's the most important player. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. The smile well, like, on your face. You're like, oh yeah, let's do that. That sounds nice. <laughs> um, the, the the smile is because of just in, in my mind, like. I don't know. Just the way the way you you know you outright say it is is in my mind it's somewhat ludicrous because no one ever thinks to themselves or literally says to the players right for the next number of this sessions it's all about this guy. No, see, um, I think I do. I think I do that because I so as a player, I have certainly felt, especially with Orlo in Tyranny, <laughs> I've really felt like a main character, and at times I've gone. Oh God, I really need to reel this back because everyone's going to hate <laughs> me for f- making it all about me and my obsession with death again. Yeah. That's um, just like real life. Um, and then as a DM, there have been times when I've outrightly said, guys, just so you know, this area of where you are is, is pretty heavily tied into players' backstory. So there's going to uh, be yeah, a lot of stuff going on. But that's, that's different from going the next six sessions are all about them. How? Because I feel like it's the same. Because someone's backstory can be heavily tied into an area and they have a lot to do in things, but it isn't still all about them. Yes, sure. A lot of the stuff is about them and they get a lot to do. But a lot of the times, especially in like, you know, the games we've played, um, that person that character um couldn't do that on their own Mm. it requires the other party members and not just that a lot of the moments especially the role play moments they do rely on the other players at the table to make them as good as they are they need someone to bounce off of yeah i think in this conversation at the moment we're kind of glossing over the how to pull this off which is something i want to talk about later so um we will we'll come back to these points that we're saying, like, yeah, oh yeah, but the other players need to be there. And if you're going, well, doing what though? We'll get to that later. Um, okay, so I, where I'm coming from in my brain and how I'm thinking of this and why this topic kind of sparked interest in me, partly because, as you've already joked off air, um, we both saw a TikTok that joked that uh, what was it? It was. Um, it's like when when there's an ogre and your character is is the main character, and it's like uh, the Goblin Slayer anime or something, and he's like yeah. immensely powerful, yeah. Um, and so I saw that and went, oh yeah, main character energy, love that. And then went, wait, hang on. So that's that's what sparked it. But when I run a campaign, when I write a campaign, I should say, whether it's uh a pre-written module or it's one that I've come up with myself. I make the outline for what the plot is. Cause obviously every campaign has a plot. Here's, yeah. here's who the big bad guy is and here's what they're doing and how it affects the world. And here's the call to action and all that stuff. And then when the players start giving me their characters and their backstories, then I start going, okay, you've got this story going on. Looky like you're looking for your long lost brother and you're trying to find the wizard that turned you into a sorcerer because you were once at Spellbook and you've been awakened and you're looking for the answer to all of your problems, but you don't realise that your problems are the demon that you accidentally sold your soul to. You know, like stuff like that, right? I go, okay, there's all the backstories. Yeah. And I, I look at my, my timeline of the adventure. Um, and, it, and if you're like me and you, you find it easier to visualise things, here's how I visualise this. The plot of the campaign is one straight line from left to right. Yeah. And then on top of that line, almost like a, a movie, um, like on, on after, not after effects on like Premiere Pro, when you're editing a video, you have all the different cuts, yeah. different files. They all sort of layer up over each other like that. There's other lines that go above that, always moving, always along the bottom baseline of the campaign. And those are the characters, background story arcs. 
So at the start, you go over, you've got the campaigns always running, but player one's back up, uh, backstory and their arc is happening. And then that ends. And as that ends, it overlaps with another person's arc, which begins and then another and then another and so on. And sometimes a lot of them can be happening at once, but I prefer an, in, a, in a nice campaign because a campaign, I give it a first, second and third arc like a movie. In those combinations of arcs, it's nice to have them all kind of come together at one time and all kind of have something happen. If you can, it's not always possible. Yeah. That's what I aim for in my plotting of a story when I'm running a campaign or writing a campaign. And I, when I do that, I imagine those, those arcs happening at points. And obviously they move around and the players have agency and it changes things. But those arcs are, that player is, is the important player at the time. Everyone's yeah. important, but that player is the MVP, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, if, if you're going on an adventure in the Underdark and your party is, is made up of, you know, two high elves, a dwarf and a drow. Yeah. The drow is going to be the MVP because assuming they, yeah. they come from the Underdark and that, and that kind of thing. Um, it's it's just sort of like almost like the natural flow of things, players falling into their roles, that kind of thing at times. Yeah, but I don't ever look at it in a way of, like like that's very situational in the sense yeah. that, oh, you're in the Underdark, you're a drought. Oh, you're doing a burglary and you're a rogue. Uh, you need to break into somewhere and the wizard has a knock. Like those are very situational game things. I try and look at it in story aspects. So yeah. for me, it's like, oh, you're going to this city where the paladin's order is in charge and therefore um, their mission is to like, is coming into fray and they need to yeah. go and do these, these certain things. So I want to give the example that I think we're both thinking of um, from Tomb of Annihilation. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of characters come and go through deaths in the adventure up to this point and Ray um, brought in his second character. Yep. Um, who he's still playing, uh, which is the, the paladin um, Wolfgang. And he is part of the Order of the Gauntlet and his, his, his hook was to go and find the, the Order of the Gauntlet camps that have been set up in the jungles and make sure things are good and check in and help. And so you guys get to the camp You've been to the first one that's been abandoned, so you know you're on the right route. You get to the one where they where where all the order is staying. Yeah. And you find it in this awful state, you know, loads of sick, people working double hour shifts because there's not enough people to guard, um, constant hordes of the undead coming out of the jungles, like they don't know whether they should come or go. And there's clearly some tension between the lower ranks and the commanding officer because he's making choices that other people aren't agreeing with and it's all a bit of a boiling pot. Something's going to happen, right? Yeah. Wolfgang comes in and he goes, oh, uh, things aren't good here. I need to help. But he's been getting visions from his god about his, this hammer, this holy weapon. Turns out the person in charge is wielding this hammer and he and Wolfgang's visions are telling him that he should take the hammer from him. So instantly, you guys are thrust into a location that's um, on the verge of something happening, an, an event, yeah. whether you get involved or not. And I think that's important to a good situation. Um, you know, your actions or inactions will have consequences. And Ray has to go, guys, I need to take the lead here. Like, these are my people. I, this, is my, this is my shit. This is my jam. Like, I've got stuff to do here. Um, and I really need you to take a back step and, and do as I say, because these guys are a regimented order and they have processes. Yeah. And because you guys are great players, you will go, yeah, absolutely. You take the lead. We'll follow you. Um, and so over the next, I think maybe four sessions you're in the camp, maybe four or five. Yeah, it's four or five sessions. You know, you guys were doing things. You guys were finding stuff out. But every time you wanted to make action and change something or, or have an effect that would have consequences, you checked with Ray first. You're like, we, yeah. we, we want to do this. And he'd go, yeah, I agree. Um, but let me come so that I can get some backing. Um, you know, and, and ultimately it ended in this really amazing, interesting arc um, culmination where Wolfgang, you know, 
ended his first arc, achieved his first goal, and decided to leave the party for a short while because he had to help this this group of people that he was now in charge of. Yeah. Um, and that's where Wolfgang went away and had his little solo adventure and then came back and Ray played uh, <laughs> the, the goblin. Yeah, my, uh, old, my old friend, my old friend Backdagger. He no, redeemed Backdagger. himself at the last moment. I wonder where that little goblin is now. Well, I don't wonder. I know exactly where he is. <laughs> and, um, and, and it was great and it was wonderful. And for me... And I think for Ray, I'm really proud of what Ray and I have done with his story. Um, I think it's one of the most successful I've pulled off. Like I've really enjoyed it. I mean, we're not even done yet. You know, there's more to come. But like that first arc and him making decisions that are really hard as a player to say, oh, I'm going to put this character aside for a bit and bring him back later. You know, it felt really meaningful. But, and he even, he even, you know, got me a gift because he was so happy with it like it was it's really heartwarming um but he absolutely was a main character and i remember saying to you guys like this is this is backstory stuff for ray so there's going to be a big focus on wolfgang um please bear with you know just be aware of that but i think like the the important thing is that didn't mean we were we were all just sidelined no um you know yeah, we we checked in with like Ray and things, um, but you know, like Braylar had a big old argument with with Wolfgang mm. over like what was going on, and and in, in the end, killing that guy. You know, Braylar wasn't a fan. Braylar tried to stop that from happening. Um, yeah, you know, Wolf Wolfgang, you know, might have been been the main character, but the other characters still stepped in and played roles as well. Yeah, and like like was his character Osley being a Cholton? You know, these people with foreigners in his land yeah. striking out, trying to do things. And there were Cholton people there, you know, who had been hired to help them. And so Wesley had a lot to say as well. Um, Osley had a lot to say. Um, and I don't think Ray would have had as a good look of, a, of an experience if it wasn't for those characters being able to come in with those insights uh, and those thoughts. But it still, for me, very much felt like, I, like I remember thinking, okay, it's been four sessions now. There's maybe one more. Depending on the choices they make, there might be another one after that. And like I was really aware that I was giving Ray and Wolfgang like all this attention and yeah. all this, this power in the story. And and so I was worried that you guys would, would get fed up of it. But like the important thing, we, we were all just as invested in, in that story as, as you and Ray were because, you know, we talk about D&D being a cooperative game. It's a mm. cooperative storytelling game. And, you know, you can have more than one story going on at the same time. Yeah. But there's going to be points where a certain story comes to the forefront. And and ultimately, we want to see how those, you know, if you view, like, the campaign plot as, like, the major story mm. and then each individual player's backstory as almost like either, you know, not minor, but like supporting stories. We want to see how those supporting stories come to and then fold into that main narrative as well. I think supporting stories is a great name for it because they can sometimes not end and the campaign can finish and and you leave a lot of untied hooks and threads and things, which is why we love to bring our characters back in the future. Um, Yeah, I think... um, I think I lost the thing I was about to say. It was on the tip of my brain and, I, and it's gone. But, oh, sorry, um, I broke you. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. There's a lot of good stuff there and I was just, uh, I was just enjoying listening to you talk about it. Um, I, I think D&D is better when there are multiple stories happening. Yeah. Which is why I design my stories in this way with, with the, those supporting plot lines. Yeah. Um, and I... I haven't really thought about it as making a main character until recently, which is why I wanted to have this conversation because I was like, Oh, that, that doesn't, that feels good, but it doesn't feel good at the same time. Like it feels like there's a negative connotation there. So it's nice to hear that as a player who's played in the game, that there, there wasn't any of that. There wasn't no negative. No. Um, I have other examples where I've done this, but I'd love to hear one from you. If you have any, um, if you can think of one off the top of your head. 
I mean, I, I can think of like one very specific one, but I feel like we go on about Olo an awful lot. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Olo does feel like a main character. Oh, there's that sneaky uh, cough. There um, is. We knew it was coming at yeah. some point. I mean, sort of the, the way I think about doing this, quote unquote, making some of the main character or how, how the stories meld in, I almost picture them as like these careening lines that, are, you know, a bit like you had it as like the, 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 um, the, the editing and the timeline yeah. and, and that. But I the picture them track. <laughs> more as sort of almost chaotic careening lines or shooting stars, if you will, kind of wrapping around each other. And there are high points and low points for the stories. And at time, those high points and low points, you know, they cross over. Mm. Um, and so, you know, in... In Running Tyranny, um, Orlo's story, just by its virtue, is wrapped very closely around that main plot. Yeah. Whereas, say, for instance, um, Emrose isn't as tightly wrapped around that main point. But then because of who Emro is, Emro's story ends up becoming wrapped up with Orlo's. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, if, if Keltrax had survived... May he rest um, in pieces. Yeah. Keltrax would have probably been more closer to sort of that, that central plot line just because of what I had thinking there. Um, but, and it's, you know, I try to give each of you guys like your moments and it's just, those moments come up more often for Orlo just because mm. his story is more closely entwined with the major plot. But then that doesn't mean Emro's story has been sort of completely sidelined. Um, it does come in and quite often it comes up as part of all those story as well. Yeah. Um, a few things here. First of all, I love the differences in the way we visualize and imagine our plots. Cause that's like your description to me sounds way too chaotic. Whereas I like my nice and neatly organized and stacked like a little timeline. But then again, I work with that kind of, that kind of imagery all the time when I'm editing stuff. So I guess that's where that comes from. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a map, uh, not a map, have you ever seen um, like a diagram or a picture that shows how the, uh, our solar system moves through space? Yeah, that's, that's basically what I was thinking of. That's um, what I'm imagining. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's if, you, how, if you've not seen that, Google it, because it's a really yeah, cool description, like descriptive piece of art. That's how I imagine all of, all of the different stories. They're all around his thing, some of them closer, some of them further apart. But at some mm. point, all of them, are going to interject with each other and with that main main plot. So, like, you know, nothing came of it, sadly, just because of what happened in the game. But, you know, Emro killed killed a brother. And it yeah. just didn't, didn't really come up because they were in spider form and they didn't see them transform and uh, and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, giving everybody the opportunity to interact quite heavily with the main story is really important as well. Does Emery not know she killed her own brother? I think she found out afterwards. But I was going to say, because that would be tragic. Imagine uh, like a story where a character kills their own brother and then yeah, never realises and continues but, to look for yeah. them. But, well, <sighs> because of the nature of Emro's backstory and things, Emro's not actually that bothered. No, no, there's um, no love lost there. Yeah. Um, I So something that I thought of while you were t- explaining like the fact that like, oh, Orlo's stuff comes up quite often is that when I'm playing as Orlo, I often, and, and when I make choices based on this feeling, because I want to be courteous to the players, I feel like I, in my brain, I often go being a proper main, main character here. I'm being the main character. I need to be aware of that. And I think it's good if you are playing D&D with a group of people and you get a bit of, oh, I'm the main character. I'm, I'm the glue holding this party well, together. Because that's the, nice. This is, this is the interesting thing about Orlo, is that you, you've gone to Faye and you would assume this, is, this would be like another Orlo thing. Oh, but it's not. It's not. In, in no. reality, everyone's like, fuck off Orlo. Emro, yeah. what do you want? Yeah, um, I'm, and, I'm walking around going, tell me about all of your magic. And they're like, no, that's a yeah. state secret. It's like I've gone to Russia and asked the Kremlin to tell me all of their nuclear codes. Yeah, and, it, and in that sense, 
like Orlo's character has then taken a back foot because he can't have the same amount of influence as he was previously in mm. at other points. I mean, it's it's like you know we've talked about like Wolfgang Braylar isn't going to have the same amount of influence in the Order of the Gauntlet camp as he then went on to have in in you know the, the dwarven city in the mountain. Mm. Um, it's you know there's going to be times where players can exert different levels of influence on on the story just by the nature of where they are or who's involved, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, but but I think feeling like a main character is is good as a player. See, and as long as is, you don't like overuse that. Yeah, I feel like this is something there's there's almost like two ways of having someone be the main character. Mm. There's main character story wise and sort right. of story arc, and then there's I feel like there's those moments where people get to feel like the main character. Like, yeah. Um, you know, and this, this especially quite often comes through in combat. Um, when you get the final, the kill, and yeah, you, when you, you kill the creature. You know, when you get the final kill, when the wizard pops out and just drops a chain lightning that just drops yeah. a lot of this. Or, you know, um, Dave's character, Ivan, when he comes charging down the hill with a lot of giants behind him, Yes. You know, he gets that that really thematic moment of oh I'm here this is this is me, but then it then slips back into that cooperative of like right we're working together now. That's a really great point um, because those are two very distinct things like being yeah. in charge of the story as a character and having a moment where everyone goes oh you've turned up yeah those are, those are very different and great examples yeah and I feel like not everybody likes both of those no um so you know i mean i do put all the limelight on me look at me just yeah. give me all the attention I, mean, I know like wesley for instance i feel like and i might be wrong mm. in terms of he doesn't like to feel like he's the main character of, of the story he likes to bring other people's stories out to the front but then yeah. he really really enjoys those moments in combat where he does a big spell or something and it pulls off because he seems to really enjoy like those descriptions and then the impact that has. Yeah. I mean, everyone's different and, and everyone should feel like they're telling their own story while being part of the grander plot, I suppose. Um, and I think that's what we're saying and that's what we're, we're kind of talking about here. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. There was something else I was going to say about Orlo. Um, because I've got to bring it back to me. Um, <laughs> Every time. I can't, I can't remember what it was. Um, there was something. I don't know. It's gone. It doesn't matter. Just, just Orlo. Orlo's great. There you go. If, ah. if it comes back, I'm sure we can jump back to it. Yeah, it's my podcast. Of course we will. We can talk about me. <laughs> um, that was sarcasm, just to be clear. Um, Okay, we should we should talk about um how to do this then, how to pull it off in a way that doesn't piss off a load of your players because you're giving one person too much attention. Uh you need to you need to love all of your players equally is what I'm trying to say. Um but if you know you take this advice and you put all of the limelight onto one player and that player loves you, but the other three, four, however many you've got start to hate you as a DM because you're not giving them any attention. There is one way to win back their trust and that is to buy them new dice. So yes. if you need to do that, hey, it's not on us. You, you, we just give advice. You, whether you use it or not, that's on you. But if you need to do that, then you should head over to the Dice Dungeon. Oh, wonderful people. Wonderful Ben and Dave at the Dice Dungeon who... um. Uh, you can find a link to the website in the description down below. They have beautiful sets of dice, premium, uh, kind of uh, more affordable, cost of, cost efficient dice. Is that, I don't know if that's the right phrasing. Um, resin, metal, glass, um, secret sets that come in mystery bags. James is holding one up now. What have you got? I have the an oversized D20 or a large D20. Mm. The And, you know, if you want to become a lich, now is your opportunity arcane phylactery it's called it I is should have got one of those beautiful metal glass the light refracts in it so it looks like it's got rainbows in it it is i love it it was i mean my even Christmas on gift. your webcam it looks gorgeous yeah yeah um 
yeah, it's just beautiful and I love it very much. Not to say that your webcam is awful. I'm just, I'm just saying, like you know, even even over the internet, it it looks beautiful. That wasn't a that wasn't a backhanded compliment. My webcam. my my webcam is awful, Ben. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad we agree. Yeah, you look like a potato. But although, to be fair, that might not be the webcam. <laughs> uh, ben and Dave over the dice dungeon are really nice guys, and well, I was actually chatting to Ben. Uh, I was texting him a couple of days ago uh, talking about like how things went over Christmas and stuff and they're doing really, really well and um, not to be all mushy and stuff, but when you buy something from the Dice Dungeon, if you use our code, we speak common, you, you obviously you get 10% off your entire order, but we get a small little kickback. It helps us um, keep the lights on, as it were. We don't have a building. I don't have to pay electricity, but I do have to pay for things like Adobe licenses and domain addresses and stuff like that, just boring stuff. Um and when you buy and you use the code with both of our partners, um, we get a little kickback. And over Christmas, obviously, it's the the season of buying. Um, oh my God, you guys went to the dice dungeon for all of your dice and and other needs because they don't just sell dice; they sell loads of stuff. And um, both Ben and I couldn't like couldn't believe it. Like you, the support that you're giving one who was a small business, who I wouldn't call them a small business now. They're, they're, a, they're at least a medium business. They're good guys. They're doing well. Um, and us who, I mean, we still are a relatively small podcast. It really meant a lot. So um, if you've used the codes, obviously you're getting something out of it. That's why we do it. But thanks, because we get something out of it too. Um, and if you're looking for, uh, you know, that little bit of extra pizzazz to take into your Dungeons and Dragons games, then head over to Describes.dscryb. Describe uh, are your one-stop shop for everything you need to make your game more immersive. So it's professional creative writers, writing box text. There's over 10,000 scenes. You know that. That's what they started off doing. But they've got more than that now. They've got maps and they're always adding new ones that you can just add to your VTT and use, which is great because I hate making maps. I'm so bad at it. I love it, but I hate it at the same time. Um, they have the Sonic library that's full of ambiences and background musics and all that good stuff. Honestly, there's there's so much going on over there. Um, every time I go to the Describe website, there's something else. So if you want to go and have a look at that, there's a load of stuff on there for free. But if you want to get access, you want to get a bit more, give us a little something too. You can use the code COMMON at checkout. You'll get 10% off your monthly subscription on any tier because they've got different pricing tiers. Uh, and that will that discount will stay on every month for the first two years that your subscription is active. So it's a long lasting discount too, which is wonderful and great. Uh, go check them out. Both of our partners are wonderful. Both sets of people who work for our partner, you know, they're all great. All those people who work for those two companies are amazing. So go and support them. And um, thank you for supporting us in turn. Thank you very much. Okay, that was that was a long read, but I wanted to say that because I was blown away by how much um, we got. Over the Christmas period, it was mental how many people were supporting. Yeah. Um, okay, you're going to run a D&D game tomorrow. And you want to make someone the main character, but you don't want to piss off your other players. James, how? How do you do it? You have session zero first, Ben. Oh, we can't <laughs> say that every episode. No, um, no, I feel like it's got to be, you have to explicitly bring it up and, and set the expectation. That at times there'll be points where there'll be a little bit more focus mm. on other people's characters and make it clear that you're not saying they, that they can't get involved, but there might be points where they might just want to double check with another player or a character that they're not fucking up their entire backstory. Yeah, I think it's important to have, you want to have players who understand the expectations. Yeah. I've always said we're very lucky that our group all gets it. And they want the same experience. And so they know, uh, you know, to share effectively. It's about, it's about sharing, I suppose, yeah. in, in a very stripped back sense. Um, so you want players to know that if they're feeling like they haven't been in the limelight for a while, they will get the limelight at some point. Don't just throw yourself in the limelight because someone isn't sharing. It's by design. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, I think that's important. Do that. Session zero, it's also important to remind. So when you entered into that camp, I said, you're probably going to be here for a few sessions and this is kind of Wolfgang's area. So bear that in mind when we're playing. Um, so reminding during the campaign when those moments come up, I think helps too. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, quite often it'll probably be fairly obvious. Mm. Um, you would yeah. hope. Yeah, you know, if if you've got the one dwarf in the party and you walk into the dwarf and stronghold, um, you know, you know what's going to happen. If if you've got you know the the one drow from Menzo Baronson and you're literally in Menzo Baronson, you, you mm. know who's going to be leading the way and 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 sorting bits out. Don't you mean Menzo Baranzan? Because <laughs> I have no idea. I just pronounce it how I read it. I say Menzo Baranzan. I think that's what is that what I said. You Pro- said problem is now you, you said it. Yeah, you went Menzo Baranzan. Menzo I Baranzan. say Menzo Baranzan. Yeah. Oh well, it's a fictional place. It doesn't really matter. That's not true. <laughs> What's where's the other place in the um. Underdark that Dritz goes to early on, and it's the gnomes. Um, and it's got bling. the the Sifid, the Sifid, How do you say them? What are they? Oh. Safinblin? Safinblin? Uh, yeah, I just know it's bling. I think it's Blingenstone or something Blingen- like that. Blingenstone or Blingenstein yeah. or something like that. Hang on, I'm going to Google the word D and D because it's spelt really weird. Safin. Uh, there it is. <laughs> God, this right. Being dyslexic, reading this word hurts every time. It's spelt S-V-I-R-F-N-E-B-L-I-N. They're a deep known Sfifneblin. Sfifneblin? I just don't go lie. When I read it, I just like that word in my brain. It's my favourite thing about reading fantasy books is you pick up a new, especially when you pick up a new series and everything's got new names and you're like, you're reading in your brain and your mind's voice goes, he grabbed the sword and walked up to the and then raised it <laughs> yeah. with great strength and struck the with a blow. And you're like, yeah, that, that's words. Um, Sifinblin from Sifneblin. I think it's Sifneblin because it's the pronunciation is the neb is is capitalized. Yeah. That's not how I would have said it though. Um, um, anyway, back to um, main characters. Uh, I was just checking to see if I could find the name of their city, but I see. Yes, back to main characters. <laughs> back um, to main characters. Sorry, I'll stop talking about Sifith Neblin. Um, yeah, uh, I think the other thing to do. Um, how do you? How do I do it? So, I like to d- uh, differentiate between. Limelight and main character, as I said earlier. And what I mean by that is limelight is something you have every session. It moves around. Yeah. In the conversation, it moves around. You know, the parts of every discussion, the limelight can move around. Um, different people can talk to NPCs and take limelight, whatever. Main character for me is uh, when an NPC turns up and they specifically want to talk to one character in the party. Little moments like that. Yeah. I think those are ways to inject a little bit of, hey, this is... This is your thing. And that's kind of what I'm going for. I'm going for a, a, a subtle message to the party that this is X player's thing. Let them do this. Um, and it, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Something in me feels like that sounds like a bad thing, but I don't think it is. Um, so your character from Dragon Heist. Kiro. Uh, Kiro. He became the Blackstaff's apprentice. Yeah. So when the black staff comes round, she wants to talk to Kiro. She doesn't want to talk to anyone else. No. You're there. Everyone else is there. She knows you, but she's she's going to talk to Kiro as if he's the group leader. Yeah. Which you know, he's he's not really. No. No one is. Um, I feel like when when you're when you're thinking about making people the main character, a good way to think about it is almost like the players are make up like a pyramid. And, mm. you know, there are going to be points where they swap who is at the point of that pyramid. But no matter who is at the point and who is at the top, they need the people under them for them to, you know, for them to be there and for that plot to move forwards. So, you know, like with Kiro and, and the Black stuff, that wouldn't have happened, that whole, whole plot lines and story of his if not for help he received from other party members. And then, you know, later on, they, you know, they do receive kickback from that. Um, mm. Equally, like, with, with Wolfgang and, and all that thing. Wolfgang couldn't have taken out that guy on his own. Yeah. 
he you know he yeah. needed his party and and the rest of the guys to to help him out and so even when someone is the the quote unquote main character giving those opportunities for players to to support them and then really help them can often be quite fulfilling yeah yeah i agree and it does kind of come down to making sure the the players know that they're I think it comes down to make sure the players know they're supporting someone else. They're not just doing it for their own gain. Because yeah. it, it's times like that when you need the, the players and therefore their characters to be selfless yeah. and and do something for someone else, um, which happens all the time in our games, which is great. But yeah. I've, you know, you hear horror stories about that not being the case yeah. at tables and in games. So you, you, you need to foster that kind of environment yeah. of limelight sharing and gifting in the sense yeah. that hey, I'm, I'm gifting you my aid. And as, you have my sword and my bow and all that yeah. shit. And as well, I think an important thing to raise is if you, if you think either your character or one of your player's characters or someone else's character might have like severe issue with something in your story that's coming up, before you get to that point, you need to talk about it and how that's going to run. Because yeah. you, what you don't want is you don't want a case where that person's character is like, well, I'm going to object to that thing, so I'm going to get involved. And then that stops the story progressing there. But equally, you don't want that person to feel like they've got to sit there passively, not being able to express what their character wants um, in terms of going forwards. Because at the end of the yeah. day, all the characters are there and they are going to have some impact or something to do with what's going on. So let's go back to that Wolfgang Braylar example in our TOA game. You, you as, as a dwarf of, of good nature, you think that killing someone unless they deserve it is wrong, which in itself is a bit of a fallacy. Well, well, basically he, he doesn't think, you know, killing people in the heat of battle is completely different to doing it. Say like, you know, it's like an execution or, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, sure. Let's, let's not get too deep into that, yeah. but. <laughs> and the moral implications of that train of thought. Um, but Wolfgang is from uh, a sect within his order of his church that that is meant to to live by and die by the sword as these kind of brutalistic, um, I was going to say knights, they're not really knights, but he is a paladin who, in his order as a vanguard, that's what they're called, he is expected to challenge the other vanguards and if if they get to combat and they don't back down then death is a real possibility yeah and he believes in in absolute law in the sense that you've done wrong and the penalty for what you've done in in this part of the land that we're in is is death and so yeah. i will put you to death and he does it to his own brother that's part of his backstory it's very tragic um it's a real test of his beliefs and his his uh faith and yeah. loyalty to his order. So he gets to this camp and this guy's in charge, another vanguard, and he goes, Dude, you gotta give up the you gotta give up that artifact, you've got to give up the hammer because I need it. Our our God is telling me yeah. that I need it. It's not working for you, it's burning you. The light the radiant light of that hammer is burning your hands, telling you to let it go. You gotta let it go and walk away. Um and through a bit of investigation, you find out that this guy's lying a little bit about how he got the hammer. Yeah. So there's there's clearly in the end there was there was no real morally grey ambiguousness to it because you all thought, nah, he's been lying. He's bad. We'll get rid of him. Yeah. But I think the the the, the point. The, well, that's kind of separate. Never mind. Ignore me. I just realized <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Ignoring. Because I was um, thinking that, that the bit I was thinking of isn't really a main character moment, so it, okay. it doesn't apply as much. Okay. Yeah. We can get into it. But my, my point is that, you know, Wolfgang and this guy, this character, this NPC got into a fight. It was a tough fight. He said, look, I've got to, I've got to finish this. He defeats him and he then has the choice to execute him or not. Yeah, because Bray, Braylar even tied the guy up. And yeah. like purposefully made it. In fact, Braylar is the one that got him to let go of the hammer. Yeah, I mean, and, the character was defeated. Yeah. He didn't have to kill him. It was then a um, choice that Wolfgang had to make. Yeah, and yeah, um, the, there was a good solid argument there. But yeah. ultimately, the decision rest, rested with Wolfgang and Ray. 
Yeah, and I think because you know, because Ray knows that you guys are playing your own characters and will have different views and opinions to to his character, he was willing to listen to you and and give you that space to object. But what's important is that the two of you didn't let that split the group up. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that because we've had those moments where characters make choices that do split the group up. It does happen in games. Yeah. And so players, you know, characters retire and new characters come in. But it was um it was a it was a moral discussion. There was a, you know, and and there was a nice moment where ultimately Braylar was disappointed by Wolfgang's choice. And so later down the line, you got to have another discussion about it and keep yeah. the conversation going and keep the role play going. It's very similar to the fact that Ray and Wesley both play characters who have different faiths in the story. They often bounce off each other and talk yeah. about the rights and wrongs of what the party are doing. And, and that's formed and changed their characters over time. Yeah. Um, I mean, like another example of that is, I think is, is with Willow and, um, you know, letting, letting Vetner out that box, which was something, you know, huh. and, yeah. like Wesley's completely fine with this, but Emro, his character wasn't. Um, and, you know, before, before we got to that point, that, that climax and, you know, thankfully it wasn't a conflict that came to a head due to the nature of the situation, but mm. because you didn't know exactly how it was going to come to a head. You two, you know, and, and Dave as well, actually, you know, all three of you kind of had that conversation as a group and just kind of like, right, where could this go? Uh, are we happy yeah. with where it could go? Um, you know, what are, the, what are the potential outcomes and sort of went through it. And in the end, everyone was happy with however it turned out. But, you know, if you'd have turned around and gone, look, this, this is how I want it to turn out. Is there a way we can, that can happen? Yeah, because that story in itself, like Orlo's been working towards this dark deed, releasing this dark power and has been keeping it secret and slowly Emrose worked it out. And, and Emro is, is Orlo's only friend, really, in the yeah. world. And so, you know, he's tried to hide it from her. He's tried to manipulate it out of her. He's been a very bad boy. Um, and she eventually said, look, I don't care. I just don't want you to get it wrong. Yeah. So she didn't want him to release Vecna because she thought that, you know, he wasn't going to keep his promises. Um, still to be seen. He <laughs> will just throw all of aside and kill him once he's out. You know, he'll do something bad to the world. All I said, no, he's, he's told me he doesn't want to destroy the universe. Why, why would he want that? And Emma's like, you're a fool. Don't do it. <laughs> and so when, when Ivan came along this big hulking barbarian that could crush me in a single bound, um, she went, Hey, if I need you to kill this guy that you've just met, will you do it? And Ivan's like, yeah, absolutely. And so <laughs> I'm sitting there going, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Um, and that discussion that we had was basically me going, I think he's going to do it. I mean, I don't know for yeah. sure. I don't know for certain. It depends how things come together, but I'm 55 to 45% certain leaning towards the fact that he's going to release Vecna. Yeah. So if you guys try to kill me, yeah, so be it. Yeah, I'll I'll try and escape, and I'll bring in a new character. And there were that was a great conversation to have. Oh, so uh, just 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 so everyone knows what just happened, uh, Ben just accidentally pressed his spacebar. He's right now, Frank. There we go. He's he, I'm assuming he's back. He's frantically trying to press the record button again. No, I'm back um, now. Hi, he's back. We're good. We're good. Um. Yeah, I just, I got so, I got so um, <laughs> animated. Uh, animated that my hands smashed the space bar and I, I stopped recording, which was really annoying. Um, so what was I saying? Uh, having that conversation meant that we were all prepared for whatever way it went. And even though it was like a main character thing for Orlo, because, you know, I've been building towards releasing this power and I might decide not to, it was still... It's it, like Wes and Dave still had so much agency in how yeah. it went down and what happened afterwards. Um, even though I was, air quotes, the main character. Yeah. Um, 
I, think, I feel uh, like we've I feel like we've given one tip in like six different ways, which is basically just probably talk, talk it out. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I suppose a, a big tip is make sure it's thematic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't make it random. Have, yeah. Make sure it's thematic. Try and give it if you can, like tie-ins to that main plot. And if you really can, one thing that that can be really really beautiful is multiple players' backstories coming together as one so you, you don't necessarily have a main character but you could have a main duo um, or something like that which which could work out really good we've done episodes before about like the little supporting stories you can go back and start to pull this off but um, it's hard to do but yeah if you can make the, the stories collide together then then it's it makes oh it's just mm, French yeah. uh, fresh chef kisses um, I think as well um Oh, that's really annoying. I just had another tip on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> it was like, what was it? What did you just say? Having them collide, having them come together. And I was going to say, because uh, I said it's all about how t- about talking and, and all being on the same page. Ah, uh, it's fucking gone. <laughs> it's it's gone. Um, it, uh, it's, it's bloody gone, mate. It's, it's not in my brain anymore. It's left me. I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, it'll come um, back shortly. I think like uh, another, this is probably going to be the same tip once again, just to reiterate in a slightly different way. With a different example though, um, the the Xanava fight at the end of Water Deep Dragon Heist. Yeah. Um, you know, the fighting and killing the Xanava, that was, that was Joe's thing. Um, but yeah, all of the, you know, all the other characters involved, it very much, you know, thinking about it, felt very much like an Avengers Assemble moment where we all yeah. got kitted up. We're all there. We're all there making making sure Joe can do what he needs to do. And we all felt powerful and it was great. And at the end, it's, it's you know, it was Joe that got to land that finishing blow and, mm. and replace the Xanifer. Um So let's talk about that really quickly because that's a really interesting scenario. I didn't know who was going to become the main villain of that campaign when we started playing. And I didn't think it was going to be the Xanathar. I thought it was going to be Manchin. Um, And and I think looking back, you can see, I don't laugh. Don't laugh the way you brutalised my boy. I just remember what we did to him. Yeah, we're not going to relive that. Thank you. I don't need that PTSD trauma. I don't need that flashback right now. Um, if you look back at the campaign and how things were playing out, I think you can see that I was laying that groundwork. But I, but that's because I, I also thought the Castellanters were going to be the main villain at first. Yeah. And then you completely destroyed that. And like, you know, because we're sort of right through them straight away. Yeah. So it, you're right. It did feel like at the end, like an Avengers Assemble, because you'd all developed your own lives within the city, which is exactly what I wanted. Like you had your black staff thing. Joe had his... Xanifer uh, stuff going on. Wesley was trying to understand, you know, what was going on with his with his like weird mark and the cultists that were trying to kidnap him and all this. You know, the whole um, who was the not the assassin? She's like a thief, and she was oh, the Black Viper. Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was that going on with another player. Like there was all this stuff happening, and um, when you all came together, and I was like, oh. I guess I guess the Xanathar is is the boss, and you were like, we're gonna go, we're gonna go kill him, we're gonna end him. And it was yeah. the last session Joe could play, and I said to Joe like, what's what's the goal? And he said, well, I'll take his place. And I went, <laughs> perfect, great. <laughs> so yeah, there was this big Avengers assemble thing, but because I knew that this was Joe's final session, and he was gonna be gone afterwards and the rest of you would play next week at the same time and would do the epilogue and transition into yeah. TOA and either keep your characters or change your characters. I very much focused on Joe being the main character at the end. So the end of that campaign, if you the, the, the end of Joe's campaign there, which was the end of Dragon Heist, that plot point, he just didn't get the epilogue session, was that um he, I made sure he got the final hit on the Xanathar. So the fight happened and I let it just happen and I let you all do your things. But, and this is one of the very rare few times I've done this, when it got to the fact that you'd taken his hit points out, I just waited for Joe to come around again. And that yeah. was when, that was when, you know, he died. Yeah. I know. They, I, died, I would, they died. I would say don't be afraid to do that. 
mm. if it is really genuinely really important either to the to the character story or you know if you have got a player that's leaving the table for whatever reason give them give them that high to go out on yeah exactly and so you know all of the planning up to fighting Xanathar to get him in a in a vulnerable vulnerable position was like having these people raid the the hideout and so all of this stuff was going on around you so the final scenes of that campaign were very joe centric it ended the final line of the whole campaign for joe there and that and kind of for you guys before you went into the epilogue and into toa was the major domo coming in seeing the beholder corpse and cowrie joe's character standing there with his knife over him walking up to him and saying What's happened? And Joe saying, yeah, I've killed him. I've done it. It's, it. The job's done. Are you with me or not? What's happening? And the guy saying, it's chaos. You know, this has happened. This has happened. This has happened. Looking down at the beholder and, and then looking at Joe and saying, the Xanathar's dead. Long live the Xanathar. And shaking his hand and making yeah. Joe the new Xanathar. Like that was the final point of the campaign. And that is such a main character moment for Joe. It's what he was working for the yeah. whole way. That's what he wanted. The whole campaign yeah. was to take over. So, you know, that was Joe being the main character to the, to not to the detriment of everyone else because they played a very important part and they achieved something yeah. too. They all and wanted we, to kill the Xanathar. We all felt like we played a really important part in it. You know, Kiro yeah. made potions, used his connections. Brom used, I can't remember exactly how, what Brom did, probably fetched mushrooms for us. <laughs> <laughs> what did Brom do really for the whole campaign? It's just, Brom just was, happy Brom was, We love Brom. Um, but you know, everybody's character contributed in some way, but ultimately when it came down to it, we all went, yeah, we've contributed, but this is your moment. And because, because you all knew you had your session next week, you were like, give him the moment. Let him have yeah. it. That's this is you know, we played on New Year's Eve. It was a big send off for Joe, and yeah. so it worked really well. And even even if Joe had been back that next week, we all I think we all still would have had the same. Yeah, because this in that is, scenario, it wouldn't have been the last session, and you all like you all would have known you'd have got your limelight moments. Yeah, in the next week, like as you did, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, trust trusting that your DM will pay it forward to all of you is is important and being a dm who will do that and will keep yeah. a record of who's getting what and and you know if if you're a player or you're even a dm and you feel like either yourself or, or one of your players and you feel like you know that moment isn't coming and you're feeling perhaps a bit left out just shoot the message or talk to them because yeah. they you know they might go yeah i get it feels like that right now but in, in a couple of sessions of time then we'll be on something new or they might go, right, okay, I haven't got anything lined up for your character for, mm. for a little while yet because you need to get to this certain point. Um, what are you looking for? You know, what are you looking for? What can I do to help tide you over until we get to that bit? Absolutely. Um, so that's really important as well because, you know, in that, cam- I think I kind of had that a bit with Kiro earlier on in that campaign. Mm. Uh, and I had to come out and go, well, look, I'm, I'm a bit stuck. Mm. Um, that's fine but you know we yeah we talked it through and then like what sort of thing I wanted to do and it, it was all great and you know I love my little gnomish wizard I've had it with Orlo too you know it's like where, yeah. where, where am I going with this what's happening here um, and, and Ray had it with you know he has his artifact that that grows and gets stronger over time and um, it hadn't got stronger and it was uh, it was just a plus two hammer for ages and in my brain I know exactly when it's going to become a plus three warhammer and I know it's going to be this amazing cool moment for him because it's going to activate in the presence of pure evil, which like so lines up with his character and his, his values. And he said to me, cause all the, you're going through the the tomb and you're all getting these cool items and you're getting really strong, powerful items, like plus three items and things. And he said to me, Oh, Ben, like half joking. I could tell he was, he was being, he was trying to give me a hint. Cause he went, yeah. Oh, I'm just waiting. Now when all these cool items, when's my hammer gonna be a plus yeah. three war hammer? And I, like, shot, I shot my message. I was like, mate, don't worry. It's coming. Yeah. I was like, just hold on. Cause you're going to appreciate when it happens, but I promise you it's coming. It's like that half joke of, do we, do we level? We all level. Yeah. We're, we're all leveling up now, aren't we? And no, no, not at all. Yeah. Shut up. You dirty um, bastards. Every time yeah. you ask for it, it goes back a session. Um, so, you know, if, if you are feeling a bit left out or you feel like you feel one of your players might be being a bit left to talk to them, it, you know, 
if worse comes to worse, they'll go, yeah, I am. What can we do about it? And if they go, no, actually, I'm loving this right now, you're like, oh, great. Then you know you're doing a good job. Yeah. Um, communication is key, as yeah. we always say here. I feel like I say that every time I'm on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't know how we're still going five years in when all we just keep saying is, talk to each other. <laughs> so... You know, it's, it's, it's because pe- people don't always listen. <laughs> <laughs> to the podcast in general or to, or to, uh, to the advice? <laughs> Both? Just, just, just to advice, you know, you've, people forget things, you yeah, know. It's, it's um, just us talking to ourselves. Yeah, we, we um, like talking talking complete shit for an hour, you know. It's... Hey, <laughs> the podcast started as a way for us just to talk about more D&D and that yeah. is still what it is. Oh. Okay, let's... Um, Let's leave it there. I actually, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's a really deep one uh, in sense of like thinking about how you run a game and how you write your stories. And, and, and I love that's like, I love thinking about plots and theory and yeah. like theory and writing and stuff. So um, if you want to hear more of that kind of conversation, I'm so down for it. Let me know. Um, the best way to get in touch and actually the best way to, to keep up to date with what's going on with the podcast and the, and the whole network and all the shows that we put on here is to head over to our Discord server. There's a link to it in the description below. It's completely free to come and join us. It's a fun little community. We're, we're talking about shit all the time. A lot of it's D&D related, but there's a lot of stuff in there too. We were talking about The Traitors the other day if you're in the UK and you're watching that TV show. Oh, um, that is pretty good. Oh, it's such a good show, man. I know. Uh, and um, if you want to get more out of it, then you can join the Patreon and that is the best way to support this podcast and make sure we can keep the metaphysical non-realistic lights on um non-realistic non-real lights on we don't pay for electricity but we do pay for things like licenses so if you want to support what we've got going on patreon is the way to do that all the links as always and to our partners are in the description below james thank you for joining me uh today um thank you for uh, joining Dave last week, you've done two weeks in a row. I know. You, you go. Thank, I know. Thanks for thanks for having me. Um, you know, it's just nice, nice and quiet work. So you know, I'm 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 able to put in that that bit more time oh, in, into those other things, which I I you know I I prefer putting my time here than I do in other places. Oh, careful, I'll be asking you to do more. <laughs> okay, let's let's leave it there. Um, I will see you on Saturday. Yes, and we are For going the first to play session of some Tyranny. goddamn D and D of the year. Oh my god, I can't wait! I can't wait to to. I mean, let's face it, probably die because I've got three hit points and no spell slots. Indeed. <laughs> See you later, man. See ya. for listening to the we speak common podcast network if you enjoyed the show be sure to leave a review on your platform of choice and share us with a friend or dnd group near you if you'd like to directly support the network in the production of new shows like the one you heard today head to the description of this episode or our social media pages for a link to our patreon page you can connect with the show on twitter instagram and facebook at we speak common The network theme is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.